Welcome to The Power of Data, the podcast by Dun & Bradstreet. Data is everywhere, and there is more created every second of every day. Join us to hear from leaders unlocking the value of data. Hi there, and welcome to The Power of Data podcast. I am extremely excited today. We've got a little bit of an unusual setup. Normally, we interview one person. It's very direct, back and forth, one-to-one. Today, we're joined by two of our very special partners. We're joined by Jennifer McGuire, who's Deputy Director of the Office of Quality Surveillance of the FDA, which is the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. We're also joined by Martin Ritz, who's Head of Operational Excellence at the University of St. Gallen in Switzerland, otherwise known as HSG, a renowned research university, and Mark Seiss, who's Director of Predictive Analytics at my firm, Dun & Bradstreet. To, to kick off, I'd love you guys just to give us a little bit of background on your careers and your organizations to kind of demystify why we're all here today and, and what each of your individual roles are. And, and we're going to start with Jennifer, if that's okay. Sure. I'd be happy to provide a brief overview. So in terms of my formal training, I have a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering from the University of Virginia. And I have my doctorate in industrial and physical pharmacy from Purdue University. I spent a number of years working in big pharma in a research and development environment where I gained experience manufacturing both drug substances and finished drug products. My dissertation work actually focused on vaccine formulations with adjuvants, so I've been quite lucky to have very broad exposure in the pharma industry. I'm actually just shy of 10 years with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. I actually started as a reviewer responsible for assessing the chemistry, manufacturing, and controls information that's submitted in drug applications. I've transitioned through different leadership positions with the agency to my current role as Deputy Director of the Office of Quality Surveillance, which is in the super office of the Office of Pharmaceutical Quality. My office focuses on using information that's available both internally and in the public domain to try and quantitate the state of quality. As you can imagine these days, the volume and velocity of information is so high. And we really focus on using innovative techniques for signal detection and data analytics to aid in resource allocation and to really try and be proactive with engagement with our stakeholders. Wow. Jennifer, I've already got a ton of questions that could take us off piste, but I'm going to save them for another time. Martin, it'd be great to hear a little bit from you. It's my pleasure being here today. So thanks for the invitation to talk about our farmer study. I'm heading a research team here at St. Gallen University. It's called Operational Excellence. It's part of an institute that deals with researching production management. And in this role, I'm actually supporting companies in working on their operations, so doing production management. And we have a special focus on the pharmaceutical industry. So my daily work is really about supporting companies in moving forward. We call that operational excellence. So being more effective and efficient. Just some words about my background. I'm actually an engineer, graduated with a bachelor's in mechanical engineering, master's in production engineering, added some industrial engineering to my previous studies. During that time, 
I was already very passionate just about optimizing corporations, optimizing companies, doing this lean production stuff. However, when coming here to St. Gallen, the pharmaceutical industry was actually new to me. I worked previously with the automotive industry and chemical companies. And that's actually me in a nutshell and what we are doing here in Switzerland. Perfect. Thank you, Martin. And finally, over to my colleague, Mark. My name is Mark Cease. I've been at Dun & Bradstreet for about seven years now mostly dedicated to the Government Solutions Office in Washington, D.C., that focuses on helping government agencies. My educational background, I spent a lot of time at Virginia Tech getting various degrees. I got a bachelor's in mathematics, a master's in statistics and mathematics, and then about six years ago, I got my PhD in statistics from Virginia Tech. My previous work experience, after graduation of my bachelor's, I worked at the U.S. Census Bureau for about eight years, working on the decennial census, doing estimation and then coverage measurement, basically an assessment of the census, where their potential under coverage or over coverage was. Since working at Dunham Bradstreet, I've been working on government accounts. FDA was my first one, or actually my first two projects. So right from the start, I've been working on FDA projects, working with the Office of Surveillance to provide insights into how DB data blended with FDA data can provide optimization and help them intelligently target facilities that may have risk behaviors. At Dun Bradstreet, I also lead a team of data scientists that work with numerous federal agencies. We collaborate with numerous federal agencies to identify solutions, develop solutions that both blend our data and their data, provide optimization and support the missions of the agencies. My team's focus recently has been on this work, so working with FDA, but also we've been working with numerous other agencies on COVID-related work streams. Great. Thanks, Mark. And that's a a perfect segue to the next question. I'm not going to give you guys my educational background because I don't have a PhD and it was relatively light touch. So we're going to get straight into the nuts and bolts of this. And actually, it's fascinating. We had a call yesterday talking about some of the things we were going to discuss today. I've been really excited about this. I learned yesterday, I'm going to learn today, and I think this is going to be a fascinating, topical and timely discussion for our listeners. So when it comes to the production of pharma products such as prescription or the -the over-the-counter drugs that we're used to, it's important that the pharmaceutical industry always strives to maintain mature quality management practices. And that's so that we can protect our patients, it's so we can protect our consumers, and it's to remain ultimately ethical. Missteps in the manufacturing of a drug or the lack of robustness in a pharmaceutical quality system can prevent that. It can prevent access to critical medicines. And that's one of the reasons why Dun & Bradstreet has partnered with St. Gallen on an FDA-funded study on quality management practices in the pharmaceutical industry. So to begin with, guys, could you please share some of the background of this study and some of the objectives and tell us what you're hoping and who you're hoping will participate in the study and what outcomes you hope to achieve from it. And given it's largely coordinated by DMB, I'm going to start with you, Mark, and then we'll hand over to Martin and Jennifer. Yeah. So again, one of my first projects I've worked on with uh, FDA was trying to blend our data and theirs to optimize FDA surveillance activities. The second or third projects I worked on was called Duns Verified. DMB worked with FDA to leverage DMB in-country resources to collect essential data on manufacturing facilities for FDA, where we have in-country resources there. So it provides cost savings to FDA in that they don't have to pay resources to actually go to the sites. So that was the genesis of this project, the first iteration of this kind of study where we would provide that kind of support to FDA. As we were transitioning into the next evolution of that Duns Verified survey, 
But we're thinking about how we can provide additional insights to FDA in terms of manufacturing practices and good quality metrics for those manufacturing facilities. So that led to the conversations we started having with St. Gallens, who are industry leaders in this space, doing a lot of research with respect to quality metrics. And we started to see how we can leverage their methodologies in their survey and combine it with this DUNS verified methodology, where we can use our resources to help them collect the data. Uh, we can leverage their methodology to provide the additional insights for FDA with respect to the survey. Mark could probably give you a little bit more insights into their side of it or how they came into the project. Yeah, it's actually just great having this opportunity to partner with Dunn and Bradstreet here and to bring together, I would say, two different angles. Let me just elaborate a little bit on the point that Mark just made. So where we are coming from, as I just said, is we want to support, we as researchers want to support companies in improving operation. And one of the basic requirements to do that is actually being aware of what are the things that needs to be improved. So a question that always shows up is how can you actually measure performance of a production system, of a quality system, a little bit more granular, in the pharmaceutical industry, but also beyond. So what are the metrics that you can use to assess, to know, are you performing well? And based on that, to then define actions to become better. And one of the levels we have there is our experience in benchmarking. So we developed standardized measures to support companies in comparing, based on the standardized set of KPIs, their self to other comparable establishments. And this is actually what we bring here. We bring, I would say, a scientific methodology, how to measure and how to assess the performance and the maturity of pharmaceutical production. And um, coming back to your initial question, Sam, so who we are hoping that will finally be participating in a study and what's the outcome we can achieve from that? We are looking for pharmaceutical establishments, and I'm talking about an establishment, I actually mean a manufacturing site, but we keep it a little bit more broader to also include contract facilities and so on. And we want to have them participating, providing their, on the one hand, operational performance data, and on the other hand, their current state of maturity based on our assessment methodology to be able to get an idea about the current state, the current state across the industry, across the globe. And based on that, we can then jointly perform research together with the FDA to help industry to become more effective and predict quality issues. So that's the main outcome we are looking for. That's perfect. Super concise. Thank you. And Jennifer, over to you. I would just say from my perspective, when we received this research proposal at FDA, it was very timely. FDA actually published a report to Congress in October of 2019 that examined the underlying factors responsible for drug shortage, and it recommended some enduring solutions. And of note, one of the three root causes that was identified included the fact that the market does not recognize and reward manufacturers for mature quality systems. 
that focus on continuous improvement and early detection of supply chain issues. So one of the enduring solutions that was recommended in the report was to develop a rating system to incentivize drug manufacturers to invest in quality management maturity for their facilities. So you can see that anything we learn out of this study is actually foundational as the FDA works towards establishing our rating system for incentivizing manufacturers and incentivizing an investment in quality management maturity. Thanks, Jennifer. It's really great to hear the evolution of the October 2019 study and that this is all heading in such a positive direction. It really is. Data and analytics can be more valuable than ever during uncertain times. The Dunn & Bradstreet team came together and asked ourselves, if we were a small business, what would we want right now? The answer? To use the DNB Business Essentials platform to find new customers and manage credit. Free for the first three months. To find out more, visit dnb.co.uk forward slash business essentials. Earlier on, Jennifer mentioned the volume and velocity of data, and it triggered a thought in my mind. At DMB, we talk about the five Vs, volume and velocity, and then also the veracity, variety, and value. And really, those are the five keys to truly understanding and getting the best out of data analysis. So, Mark, I'd love to hear a little bit about what are you bringing in terms of data science and analytics expertise to this program? How are you going to analyze the study's findings and what insights and key takeaways are you looking for? What's the DMB edge? The first thing we're doing is bringing the data science. We're looking to incorporate St. Allen's proven methodology and quality metrics and show how the facilities relate to those and assess how they relate to their peers in terms of those quality metrics and hopefully give them a guide towards improvement in those manufacturing practices. We also bring the power of the DMB data cloud, where we have numerous different ways to look at facility beyond the view that FDA has. So, for example, we can overlay our current COVID-19 index score, where if we had a hypothesis where we want to determine are the facilities in areas that are most impacted by COVID-19, are they differing in terms of their assessment, in terms of their quality metrics, than, say, an area that's less affected? We can create hypotheses like that and give added value and make additional statements about manufacturing and give additional color to that. And really, we hope this is a baseline for an annual study. So this is the first go or the first survey, giving an assessment and giving first insights for these facilities and how they measure up to their peer in terms of quality metrics. We hope that this is a time series analysis where we can eventually see over time that these facilities are getting better or the median or the midpoint of these facilities getting better over time as we're giving these insights, as we're giving the feedback, and as we mentioned before on the podcast, the incentives to improve their processes and get better relative to their peers. Excellent. And we see this all the time at, at DMB. Assessment is great, but actually it's the monitoring and the metrics that show improvement that are really vital for progress. So using data is an ideal way to benchmark global manufacturers and to understand how companies are performing relative to their peers. You know, Martin earlier talked about operational excellence, and, and that's really what we're striving towards. Jennifer, how will you use the study to really help the pharmaceutical manufacturers improve on their practices and shape the wider program that the FDA is working on today? So I think that the assessments are a great opportunity for manufacturers because they receive a personalized benchmarking report that also outlines for them continual improvement opportunities. And it's free. Who doesn't love free? So it's a way for companies to see how they stack up against their peers, but also how they stack up against industry overall. 
In terms of shaping the greater program at FDA, I think this study really builds upon our learnings from some of the earlier work we've done with St. Gallen and the benchmarking studies on identifying quality maturity attributes that really impact effective and efficient manufacturing. For example, process performance, process capability. This study uses the global reach of D&B to complement the St. Gallen's research through the design of a statistically representative sample of regulated industry, and it accounts for multiple factors. So we'll have the ability to look across industry sector. For example, do we see differences in the quality management practices between brand companies and generic companies and OTC companies? Or maybe there's even cultural differences and we'll see an effect of location. And also you can imagine that there's going to be some learnings about the firm type. So for example, you know, contract manufacturing organizations and API manufacturers or finished dosage form manufacturers. So let's talk about that then for a second. So we've obviously got cross-industry standards. Let's talk about global standards and manufacturing quality for the moment. Obviously, different regions have wildly different standards. And it seems to my educated mind that global standards make sense. I know there are efforts underway, like through our research, I learned about the ICH, which is providing guidelines to harmonize across multiple bodies. But do they do enough? And what are the barriers to entry in your mind, Jennifer, for global standards in manufacturing of pharmaceuticals? I do think that there would be a benefit for a global standard. Each competent authority right now follows the appropriate laws and regulations for their region. But when you think about it, current good manufacturing practices really establish the minimum standard for systems that assure proper design, monitoring, and control of manufacturing processes and facilities, but they really don't address above-the-bar behaviors that would assure sustainable compliance, and that's where quality management maturity really comes in, the ability to understand those above-the-bar behaviors. So one of the barriers, I think, is that there's a lot of good work being done right now by different professional associations and consortiums on different aspects of quality management maturity. So there's work going on, you know, in the area of quality metrics or quality culture and elements of a robust pharmaceutical quality system, for example. And you mentioned the work that's being done by the International Council for Harmonization of Technical Requirements for Pharmaceuticals for Human Use, which is a mouthful, abbreviated ICH, for really harmonizing quality guidelines and expectations regarding pharmaceutical quality system effectiveness and even quality risk management principles. So there's this movement to begin to standardize above-the-bar behavior I think the challenge is really going to be drawing from all these individual efforts, taking the best bits and pieces, and developing a rubric or a model for assessing quality management maturity that works well for the pharmaceutical industry overall, and that all of the different stakeholders buy into. Got it. Makes a lot of sense, I guess, conceptually, but not an easy thing to do. Mark, what's the perspective from from a data science standpoint? From a data standpoint, is you want a globally consistent method of the Assessing quality. We at Dunn and Bradstreet, we have a number of scores that are global in nature. We've recently built the global business ranking because we found a need to have a globally consistent score where it's an apples to apples comparison of a firm in the United Kingdom versus a firm in China versus a firm in Australia. So a globally consistent score is necessary for firms to assess on a single metric scale, one firm to another. So from a data science standpoint, 
I think we should really be driving towards one standard where businesses can all assess on the same scale. So I'm going to keep on the, the kind of the data track for now. I'm actually preparing this evening for a podcast later this week with a leadership member of Microsoft who was once famed for saying that every company is a, a technology company. And at, at DMB, we believe that every company is a data company. We've seen recently that data analytics and insights have the power to transform companies and ultimately to reshape entire industries. And that's never been truer than today. Martin, how's this study's findings going to help shape policy and practices in the pharmaceutical manufacturing industry going forward? That's a pretty good question, Sam. So we will see. But I think the, the good component here, and you already mentioned that, is when you have data available, that means you measured something. You can actually come to a point where you say, hey, we are doing the right things now, or we can give guidance what are the right things, and we have evidence. So it's basically data-driven or data-proven decisions, what we are looking for in general, if you ask me, from a global perspective, also across industries when it comes to optimization and the question about the way forward. And coming back to our study and what we do here in particular, the good thing is with having this broad range of pharmaceutical establishments participating and providing their input into the study, we will actually be enabled to look at various relations because what we managed when conceptualizing this study is that we do not only look on the measures, so like the performance indicators, something you can calculate based on the data you can just get from your machines, but we also found a way to quantify this level of maturity, so to actually operationalize practices that are in place that potentially help to produce medicines in better quality. And that actually enables us then to do research and to come up to a point where we can say, hey, those are the practices that seems to be most effective. Here are the right levers. So it's really also about the soft effects. So coming to more cultural aspects like sustaining a culture of continuous improvement, empowering your employees to speak up. So one of the maturity attributes we have in the study is just to give an example. Are your shop floor employees actually able to explain the impact their work, their task, their job they do have on patients and on the medicine's quality? And with assessing those things and then linking that back to the hard outcome performance, you can calculate based on numbers. That is actually where it starts to get really, really interesting from a managerial perspective. And this is where also we come in as a business school and say, hey, managers out there, this is how we can get your buy-in. So invest in those practices because this is how you can actually also become then more predictive and really have this early indicators in place to see, okay, there might be a potential risk from a quality perspective. And this is how you can build up capabilities to be more robust, more effective. And Sam, I would just add, you mentioned reshaping industries. I would say that we've seen data analytics help transform companies from multiple different industries, banking, retail, insurance, 
So I think that the pharma industry may be slightly behind the curve when it comes to realizing the power of big data, but I think that the future is quite bright. And a study like the QBS really can show industry what is possible. Awesome. And Jennifer, if you had to be you know, predictive on where this study could go, do you see this study being the start of many and of iterative monitoring and improvement for the FDA? I do see this study as foundational and supporting a number of different initiatives at the agency as we work to better understand the behaviors that really separate immature and mature quality management practices and how that really feeds into what the agency is trying to do with building a rating systems and really starting to incentivize industry to invest in quality management maturity. Jennifer Martin, on behalf of Dun & Bradstreet, it's a huge privilege to be involved in something as important as this. And we're as excited as you are, I think, about the possibilities and the improvements to industry. So it really is a pleasure. Mark, I'm very conscious that we've had listeners tune into this who probably want to know more about how to get involved. You know, perhaps that we have people from pharmaceutical businesses or people who know executives of pharmaceutical firms who see the inherent good and the value in participating. What's the process? How can they get involved? There's all kinds of information available online. So someone listening to this podcast interested in more information about what we're doing here, the website is dnbdnb.com backslash pharma study one word. They can also email us, again, pharmastudy, one word, at dnb.com, and we can get back to them. Again, if they're just interested or want to read more about what we're doing here, or if they're actually interested in participating, volunteering participation into the study, we can also arrange that if they're a pharmaceutical manufacturing facility. Wonderful. That's great to know. And before we, we wrap up, any final words from you, Jennifer? Yeah, I'd just like to say that the FDA's Quality Management Maturity Program is really in its infancy stage. And this project is going to help inform the future direction. I think that my office has demonstrated over the past number of years that we're really a collaborative office and we do seek engagement with our stakeholders. So this really is industry's opportunity to get involved and contribute to really enable FDA to move forward with our data-driven policies. And, you know, I just want to alleviate any fears and, and remind companies that FDA will not be receiving the raw data from this study. What we receive back is going to be anonymized and aggregated. So I hope that we've really, you know, relieved any fears about participation. We really do want companies to feel comfortable sharing. So we have a very representative benchmark of quality management practices. That's wonderful to hear. And, and I'm sure everyone listening is also very pleased to hear it. Guys, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, I said at the beginning I was going to learn something. You didn't let me down. Uh, I certainly have. And I look forward to seeing the output and ultimately the evolution as all three of our organizations continue to work together with the industry to create improvements. Jennifer, Martin, Mark, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. Thank you very much. Find out more about how Dun & Bradstreet can help your business be better. Contact us at marketinguk at dnb.com. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.